Welcome to the Singapore Podcast, where we bring you authentic perspectives on East-West cultural exchange from the eyes of youth. Welcome to the Singapore Podcast. I'm Serena, your host for today. Today, we have Mr. William Chung from SEMCorp. William joined SEMCorp Group from 1999, and he is now appointed as the Senior Vice President of Joint Ventures and Government Relationships in SEMCorp China and oversees SEMCorp's thermal power business in China. So prior to China, William has worked in the Middle East, uh, also in Europe, UK, uh, and also in the United Arab Emirates. And he's very familiar with a lot of foreign markets as well as the Chinese market. So today we're going to explore his experiences in our episode. Welcome, William. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me here uh, in your podcast session. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very honored. So I'll start with the first question. How did you choose your career path in the energy sector? What was your motivation and passion? Um, I must say I started my career in uh, economic, Singapore Economic Development Board. Uh, and spent many years based in uh, Germany, pro- promoting uh, European investments into Singapore. Uh, back then, one of the key considerations of these companies is uh, electricity tariff, uh, because uh, it is a very important uh, factor uh, for uh, their manufacturing facilities in Singapore. That was when I realized that uh, energy actually plays a, an important role in companies' consideration for investment locations. Uh, of course, back then, there was no emphasis on uh, renewable energy. Uh, it was all about uh, natural gas uh, and coal being the uh, fuel uh, for uh, power generation. When I entered the uh, private sector, uh, and that was uh, when I went into SEMCOP, I learned about utilities business. Um, and many of the energy-based services which uh, SEMCOP provided to uh, chemical companies uh, or customers on Jurong Island. Um, And uh, it was really about uh, supporting them uh, in their manufacturing so that they can concentrate and focus on uh, their core business. I was in charge of business development in Europe for SEMCOP and was also looking uh, at many natural uh, gas-driven cogen plants for investment uh, consideration. So my career path took uh, a major turn when I accepted uh, the opportunity to run a power and uh, seawater desalination business in the UAE, United Arab Emirates, uh, managing the JV company in uh, in the UAE. Uh, that was my first time managing this business with uh, profit and loss with P&L responsibility. And that really forced me to uh, drill deeper uh, into the energy business, understanding what are the key uh, drivers uh, that, uh, be it technically, uh, technical drivers or commercial drivers uh, that have to make the business successful. So my motivation um, uh, was the opportunity to learn uh, more new things uh, about power generation and desalination, about commercial contracts, about working with partners uh, and building relationship managing the relationship and to be able to work with amazing staff uh, members uh, and as well as partners in the UAE. So after six years in the UAE, I then took on the next assignment in Chongqing, China. Um, and uh, that's where I managed a, another joint venture uh, in thermal power 
generation. And again, it was another chance for me to learn about thermal power business um, and, and to learn about the Chinese culture, uh, attending meetings all in Chinese, uh, reading all the documents which are all in Chinese as well, uh, and, um, and really uh, about building relationship with partners and government uh, uh, bodies, government uh, agencies. Uh, and of course, you know, building teams in, 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 you know, with the Chinese staff. Uh, and I think uh, uh, that was one of the, one of the, one of the most uh, precious uh, uh, lessons uh, that I learned uh, you know, in my, during my career as well. That sounds Thank like you. a very interesting career. So throughout your career, is that one incident or event that renewed your perspective on renewable energy uh, and its importance? Um, I must say, uh, when I was in the UAE, I realized the uh, importance of electricity and uh, drinking water supply. Um, in a country where it is covered mainly by deserts, uh, where power and uh, drinking water, uh, you know, is uh, clean drinking water is scarce. So the biggest challenge was to ensure uh, that these people uh, have sustainable supply of power and water. Uh, during my initial years in the UAE, the main source of fuel uh, for power generation uh, was natural gas imported from Qatar. Uh, the source of uh, drinking water came from seawater, which was abundant, of course, uh, but that process of seawater desalination requires abundant amount of electricity. I realized during my running of the business that uh, it is uh, therefore important for us to be able to produce desalinated water with as little power uh, as possible to make it more efficient, uh, to make it more cost-effective. Uh, that was why uh, we adopted cogeneration process uh, that produces power and steam. Um, so the making use of the steam uh, to uh, produce desalinated drinking water. Also, we had another process which is reverse osmosis, which is using membranes. So uh, using our membranes, we also adopted many measures um, to really reduce the power consumption uh, and doing you know, backwashing of the membranes uh, uh, and really recycling the membranes, uh, etc. So all these efforts were all about sustainability. Uh, in my later years in the UAE, I started to hear more about renewable energy and that my first experience uh, in the UAE was when I visited a solar power plant in Abu Dhabi. And that was amazing to be able to see, you know, all the solar panels lined up in the deserts. Of course, uh, there was the challenge of the solar panels uh, cleaning uh, because, you know, it, get, it, get, it gets quite dusty and uh, there's sandstorm in the UAE and so on. Uh, but I think that's another topic, uh, you know, that we can talk about, you know. So, so I think uh, the, the experience of being able to see, uh, you know, a renewable energy actually growing in the Middle East, uh, uh, that, that was to one of the most uh, unforgettable, uh, you know, experience. The situation in UAE sounds quite similar to Singapore, where the natural condition is also quite extreme. So to yeah. digress a bit, do you think there are similarities in their circumstance and also the technology that uh, they are applying to the situation? Or are there even transfers of technologies? Uh, what are you, are you referring to? Technologies in uh, solar uh, energy? 
uh, in any renewable energy uh, technology between Singapore and UAE, since they share similar condition? Yeah, I, th I think uh, the, the similarity between Singapore and the UAE is that we uh, in Singapore, uh, we have a scarcity of uh, water. So water is also a very uh, precious source. Uh, in fact, uh, when I was in the UAE, I tried to introduce uh, the new water concept to the Abu Dhabi government. Um, and, you know, really about recycling uh, uh, treated uh, municipal water. Uh, but I think that that concept was a bit difficult for them to accept uh, because, uh, you know, UAE is still a Muslim, a very, uh, it's a Muslim country. So, uh, so I think, I think uh, they, they have uh, since then also adopted uh, water recycling. Uh, and to use recycled water uh, for, the, for the plants, for agriculture, uh, for road cleaning and so on. I think that part of it, uh, that there's a similarity with Singapore because uh, you know, due to the water scarcity, uh, UAE also started using a lot of recycled uh, wastewater. Uh, so that, that also helped uh, to uh, manage or help to uh, reduce the kind of pressure on the government because uh, the UAE has invested a lot uh, of money in, um, in the seawater desalination plants, right? And uh, I think similarity with Singapore is that Singapore also uh, turned to seawater desalination uh, as its uh, fourth tap. Uh, and and uh, we have so far already invested in a few and uh, these uh, seawater desalination plants uh, would provide uh, Singapore uh, the, the security of uh, water supply, uh, should there be any uh, interruption of water supply uh, from Malaysia, or should there be a you know shortage of rainwater, etc., uh, etc. Et so uh, I think there there are these uh, similarities uh, in terms of how uh, both countries uh, have um, strengthened their water security. So. Uh, among the places that you have worked in, Middle East, Germany, UK, and various parts of China, how would you compare the level of effort and commitment towards sustainability? Um, the Europeans were uh, one of the first countries uh, to introduce uh, rooftop solar and uh, feed-in tariffs, um, with UK actually investing quite big in uh, wind energy. At the time, uh, there was also the move to reduce uh, reliance on nuclear energy uh, as well as coal-fired uh, uh, power generation. However, the availability of uh, renewable energy still differs uh, significantly, significantly uh, across uh, the European uh, region, probably due to the uh, social considerations. Um, then I saw the commitment in uh, the Middle East to move away from over-reliance on oil resources uh, and to develop renewable energy at all costs. Of course, being rich uh, did help. Um, there was also certainly a lot of emphasis in Europe and Middle East towards a global warming. So it was a topic that was uh, constantly being debated when I was also in the UAE. And China showed a great commitment in recent years, um, especially when to uh, see Xi Jinping I think China started to show commitment to climate change and sustainability. And also, uh, I think in 2015, um, when uh, Xi Jinping 
spoke about climate change in Paris, uh, he also uh, mentioned that uh, you know, 2030 will be the year where China will, uh, will reach Tan Da Feng, which means that it will peak in terms of carbon emission. And it, it will, he will strive, or China will strive uh, to, to realize uh, this target. And then 2017, we, uh, we then saw that, uh, uh, you know, again, uh, there was this emphasis in China about this principle. And then there was this emphasis on, uh, on protecting or saving of resources and protecting the environment uh, as, as a, as a, a government policy. So the recent 3060 uh, targets has uh, cascaded or uh, very, um, very ambitious yearly targets to the various local governments and SOEs. I've never seen uh, such dedication and uh, commitment uh, shown at all levels uh, within China uh, towards uh, these uh, two goals. And China is serious about reducing its energy intensity and meeting these targets. Uh, it's going to be challenging, uh, I must say, but I am confident that they will somehow uh, achieve it. That sounds like very promising developments going on. But on the other side, what do you think are the main obstacles of this sustainability drive? Um, we are actually we are seeing uh, global mega trends of sustainability drive, uh, decarbonization, urbanization, and electrification. Um, and uh, and for Semcorp, our purpose and vision and, and passion is to do good and play our part in building a sustainable future. Uh, our vision is to be a leading provider of sustainable solutions, supporting and creating value for our stakeholders and communities by transforming our portfolio from brown to green, making sustainability our business. So you 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 know this is just an example of how we are seeing uh, many companies. MNCs as well as Singapore companies uh, really devoting their, um, uh, their company's purpose and vision uh, towards achieving uh, sustainability targets. Uh, they vary uh, in, in different ways uh, how they are being expressed, but generally uh, it actually, uh, uh, you know, kind of it, it, it revolve around uh, decarbonization, urbanization, as well as electrification. Now, uh, I think policies uh, uh, need to be put in place to support the use of renewable energy and to drive innovation. Um, I think the state grid needs to have uh, the infrastructure ready uh, to be able to accept uh, the clean energy that is generated. You have so many uh, plant, uh, plants, uh, renewable energy plants that are coming up, then there must be the right infrastructure to be able to accept uh, the power that is generated by these plants. Energy storage system is therefore going to be very important uh, because uh, you know, they are able to store uh, the renewable energy uh, that is being produced, uh, be it solar, be it wind, uh, so that uh, you can store the power and use it uh, you know, uh, during, during times where you have a scarcity of a renewable energy. Uh, however, um, uh, you know, renewable energy, whether it's wind, solar, or hydro, it is still very reliant on the the weather. So, uh, so government will still need to ensure that when there's no renewable energy available, uh, there's still electricity supply to the communities and the industries. 
So whatever we say about renewable energy, uh, the government here needs to think about um, the, 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 uh, the very basic uh, supply of power, you know, basic reliable supply of power uh, for communities and industries. Uh, and they're faced with uh, mounting challenges and pressures from governments, uh, NGOs, investors, and employees. Uh, you know, are becoming more aware of, uh, or need to be more aware of the environmental and social impacts of the business uh, and uh, activities. Many companies are also attempting to tap into uh, the creativity and uh, and this kind of potential of their employees, uh, encouraging them to develop new products services or business models that can create value uh, for both the company and the society. Uh, now the question is, how can uh, companies motivate employees to pursue innovation and promote uh, sustainability? Uh, governments and companies uh, need to quicken the speed of research, uh, digitalization and innovative development in the area of decarbonization, urbanization and electrification so that more efficient and cost-effective solutions are available to help industries uh, to become more sustainable and greener. That is very insightful sharing. So how do you foresee uh, that this future of energy sector will impact the lives of individuals like you and me, like in electricity fares, in terms of the way we live? So on a more personal note, what is your opinion? Um, I, I think, uh, Certainly, we, we, are, we are going to be living, or we, we hope that we, we can con continue to have a much cleaner environment to live in, um, you know, to, to always have cleaner, clean water available for us um, and uh, to be able to uh, breathe a cleaner air. Um, you know, I, I think th th these, are, these are things or basic uh, things that we hope that are true through sustainability, uh, drive, uh, and, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be able to create a better, uh, you know, living environment. Um, and uh, however, you know, with, with uh, clean energy, uh, there, there's going to be additional costs uh, on the government, uh, there'll be additional costs on investors, uh, and, and ultimately it's about uh, uh, making these, this uh, electricity or uh, clean energy available to uh, people uh, at a reasonable price. You know, I think that 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 is uh, that is important uh, to ensure, um, and I can only hope that uh, you know uh, future generations uh, will be able to live uh, live in a much cleaner uh, environment. And I really do hope that you know COVID uh, will pass soon, and that people are able to travel uh, freely uh, between countries because uh, uh, we 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 do need uh, you know people to be able to interact uh, and and share. Uh, uh, you know, their cultures, their technologies, their learnings, their experience, um, you know, and, and, and really break down the walls that, uh, that have been set up because of uh, COVID. So going back to your personal career, how do you find living in those different places? Are there any particular interesting cultural encounter? I think, yeah, um, uh, there are so many countries that I, I, I've lived in, um, but living in Germany, uh, UK, UAE, and now in China, uh, that has exposed me to uh, various cultures, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
daily practices or, or business practices, uh, the way we do business, as well as building uh, you know, different uh, work teams, uh, workforce. Uh, and one of my most interesting challenge was in the UAE, uh, when I was when I had to manage a team of 160 over staff from 16 different countries, different nationalities, 16 different nationalities with their own unique uh, cultures and religions, and, and that platform actually provided me uh, with the chance to experiment and try out various management styles and working uh, and work, you know, really and, and initiatives to. Uh, be able to build an effective uh, team uh, together, putting aside uh, you know, all our differences uh, and, and working towards a common goal. I think the, the most uh, satisfying and, uh, and, 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 and rewarding moment was when I was able to see this 160 staff really working together as a team, uh, putting aside all their differences and really uh, you know, uh, be able to um, to, to put the company's or the company's goal uh, ahead of their own uh, personal interests. Um, of course, when I first arrived in Chongqing, I realized that uh, even if I'm a Singaporean Chinese and I spoke Mandarin, um, it was still a culture shock for me. Uh, I still had to uh, learn a lot about Chinese culture and uh, working effectively uh, with uh, Chinese uh, colleagues Chinese partners and Chinese government agencies. Um, and I learned a, a different form of uh, communication skill as well. So um, uh, I, think, I think coming to China was one of the, uh, one of the right career decisions that I made. So uh, I certainly do encourage uh, our youngsters to, to consider uh, you know, working overseas. Uh, China is certainly a, uh, a good place to start. It's not too far from home, uh, and uh, and you know the culture is similar to Singapore, and and there's a lot, a lot that you can learn uh, in China. So um, and, and this is a good uh, platform, a springboard uh, for your your personal career uh, development. So on a closing note, do you have any advice to young adults or words of encouragement for them to enter this industry of sustainability? Um, I think the future of the energy sector uh, would be increasing adoption of uh, green energy in our businesses uh, and the need for industries to continue to be uh, innovative to uh, bring down the cost of renewable energy investments. So my view is that integrated smart energy uh, management, which includes distributed renewable energy with smart energy storage systems, will be an important area of development for the energy sector. And I think uh, the, uh, this renewable energy sector can be a very uh, sexy industry uh, for our uh, youngsters or young generation to, to to embark and to come into, um, and uh, I do encourage uh, you know our uh, everyone uh, to take uh, sustainability uh, seriously because um, that is going to be affecting our uh, future and, and really uh, to uh, to 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 address uh, you know what climate change has done uh, to the environment um, and 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 to be uh, to take interest in sustainability i would like to encourage everyone to take interest in sustainability 
and uh, because uh, it does uh, what it does affect our our lives and every little effort that is being taken by everyone uh, will help to improve uh, you know improve the uh, the environment that we live in and uh, and really reduce the impact of climate change thank you for that wonderful sharing so this is the end of our episode yeah uh, thank you again.